the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. We are all started up here on a Friday in New York City. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm running around from the courthouse. I don't even know. I was in two courthouses today. I was over at the Friars Club. I was in the office meeting with clients. Um, I did a hit on what was Inside Edition. Is that the one I do all the time? On Inside Edition down from the courthouse. We have Joni Pelzer in the house. Hi, Joni. Say hello. Hello, Arthur Idala. And we have behind the turnstile and the mixes, we have Alex Garrett. What's up, Alex? Happy Friday, Arthur. How are we doing tonight? Oh, I am just Jim Dandy. Now, the reason why Alex is here is because there's a very special birthday in the AM 970 family, that of Nora Sambolin, daughter of... Of Sam Bellino. She's and four years old today. Well. Uh, All right, I'm getting there, Alex. I'm getting there. Okay, you don't just step on my toes, big guy. I'm only teasing you, Alex. But yes, coincidentally and very coolly, it's also Sam Bellino's wife's uh, birthday. We're not going to say how old she is, but she's a kid. Um, Briar, happy birthday to the Sam Bellino ladies. So hence, Matt took a very well-deserved day off. Joni, are you Okay. I am doing great, and I actually got to sing to Miss Nora. We sang Let It Go last week after the show. All right. Well, uh, that was your present. I now, called her today and sang. I spoke about Joni this morning on, I don't know, one of the, my hits, because Joni has gotten a little assaulted on the subway in the past, and it has been not a cool experience. Let me read a, and I've been waiting for this shoe to drop. And we're talking about uh, Jordan Neely. Uh, I believe the name of the Marine has come out, but I'm going to leave that alone for right now. Um, this just came out in the Daily News. And, you know, I was waiting for this to happen. Uh, that way, the family members of this person, Jordan Neely, who obviously needed a lot of help, a lot of help, besides over 40 arrests, you know, you have to look at what the arrests are for. They're for like exactly the worst kinds of assaults like those of us who ride the subways like i did today multiple times like dread like it's our worst nightmare like just walking up to a total stranger and punching them in the face he's got two of those under his belt uh amongst all kinds of harassment and and erratic behavior so now all of a sudden on a Friday, days later, after all this media and all of this, oh, AOC's on your side and Brad Lander, the city controller's behind you and they're making all these pronouncements. Here's the headline. Father of subway chokehold victim Jordan Neely demands answers and an arrest. You know what? 
You know who should probably be arrested? Jordan Neely's father. That's what I say. Okay? Where was Jordan Neely's father? If this person had some degree of autism, was on the autism spectrum, had mental illness, uh, experienced losing his mother, all of these arrests, punching people in the face, where was his father? Where was his father? And I believe there's a, 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 a photograph of him. Uh, so there's Jordan Neely is getting credit for one of the photographs. So I guess that they found that off of his phone. But then there's another photograph of him uh, that has a woman's name. I don't know if it's his, uh, his sister. But where are all these people when this guy needed all of this help? You know where they were? Nowhere. They were ignoring him. You know, I was... As a prosecutor, I was involved in a in the first murder in the first degree case in the state of New York after Judge uh, George Pataki became the governor and he um, instituted the death penalty. I tried it alongside Joe Alexis and another guy named Jimmy Cola, who has left us, passed on now. And um, the, the district attorney of Brooklyn, Joe Hines, decided not to ask for the death penalty, but to ask for life without parole, which had never been a sentence before. And I'll never forget at the sentencing after Joe and, and myself and Jimmy got a, a conviction at the sentencing. And by the way, the defense attorney is now a judge, a supervising judge in the city of New York. The this like very well dressed, like like in a suit and tie and businessman type of individual comes in and he's like, I'm the defendant's uncle. This is at sentencing. And to his credit, as he's begging the judge not to send this 19-year-old who executed a young Hispanic worker for no reason whatsoever in a, in a store. Well, he was robbing. I think it was either 43 or $63 and just executed the kid, put a bullet right in his head. He was found guilty of, of murder one because he was committing a robbery and committed a murder. And the uncle, as he's begging the judge, said, I should have done more. I should have been more involved in this kid's life. I should, and this guy, you know, I was in the DA's office making $22,000 every three years. This guy was clearly in, in, in good shape financially, emotionally, intellectually. And after the fact, after this poor bodega worker who was the owner, who bought it from, bought the bodega from the original owner. It's a real American success story. After this guy gets shot point blank in the head when his younger brother who testified observed it and he was my main witness now he comes forward the uncle and says I should have done more well now after Jordan Neely roamed this city with mental illness with emotional obviously a tremendous emotional problems clearly harassing the citizens of the city now the father is demanding answers and an arrest. Well, you know what? You should be arrested, and you should look in the mirror, and you, you sh and decide wh where are those answers. Where have you been, Dad? Have you taken advantage of any of the the the, the services, the free services? We're going to have um, the chief advisor to the mayor on um, Ingrid Martin, and. Um, we get to tell you right now, I'm not going to put her in the hot seat on this. The uh, mayor has already said, I want the DA's office and the NYPD to do their investigation. When we get the answers from the investigation, it'll be up to the DA to make his decision. So I'm giving you a preview. I'm not going to ask you specifically about this particular case. But 
punching people in the face on the subway. That's exactly what this kid did. And was the people who acted as good Samaritans, you know, everyone's focusing on the Marine. It wasn't just the Marine. It was other people as well. What if they waited a little longer? Do you know the conductor called in and said that the guy had a, had a gun or a knife? Let me just see if I can find that. The conductor calls it in. Um, let's see. An internal MTA report indicated the train operator reported an unruly passenger armed with a knife, with a gun and knife, being subdued by passengers in car number 9774 and requested NYPD assistance from the MTA's rail control center at 2.25 p.m. Do you understand how personal this is to me? Joan and myself are on the subway. I, I mean, I just came back from, I, I was on the subway. I had to be there at 140 to do the hit, so I got on at like 110. I was on the four train, and court finished at 330. I was on the four train. Maybe I was on the five train, one of them. Like, this isn't 225 a.m. where you're like, well, you know, a, should Jordan Neely be dead? Definitely not. A hundred percent not. I, should he have been in a hospital? Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned this before, but I've done so much media. The irony of this is if there was bail, if there wasn't bail reform, <clears throat> Jordan Neely would have been in Rikers Island and probably been in one of the wards where he was getting some sort of treatment. Because there is a lot of psychological treatment and psychiatric treatment where they actually give you medicine to stabilize you. So... You know, oh, we're going to have bail reform. We're not going to charge anyone. doesn't matter if you have 40-plus arrests. No, there's no bail. Don't worry about the bail. And so this poor guy, Jordan Neely, who's sick in the head, clearly, admittedly by his family, he's out and about wreaking havoc. He, instead of having been treated by this city, by our government, and now his father wants to know, he wants answers? Yeah, here's the answer. Step up and be a dad from a long time ago. You know, I, I'm going to shed a little light. This morning, my six-year-old and I, we, we had a little confrontation. We had a little confrontation. And I had to, like, you know, be a little, have some harsh words with him. And you know what he said? You know what he said? He said, I don't like you. And you know what I said? You know what, Arthur? I'm your father. And there's going to be sometimes you're not going to like me because I'm going to make you do things or teach you to do things that you might not like to do. But in my years, because I'm 48 years older than you, I know better than you. So you know what, Arthur, sometimes you're not going to like your father. And you know what, folks, that's okay. There were plenty of times when I did not like my father, like when he whipped my butt with a belt, like when he wouldn't let me go see the police in concert, not the NYPD, but the band, the police, when he wouldn't let me go see you 2 in concert, when we made me sit at the kitchen table and conjugate verbs in Italy, when I could hear my friends playing football sewer to sewer right outside my front door on a summer day with the windows open because my parents to this day still don't have air conditioning. But you know what? I didn't like my dad then. I wish I didn't like him more when when he stopped forcing me to take piano lessons. I wish I didn't like him. He continued to bust my chops about taking piano lessons. But don't you give me this horse crap. I want an arrest. I want answers. The, the answers lie. You know, we, we have given parents such a pass. You know, having sex is a wonderful thing. 
But you know what? Sometimes there are those those alternative. There, excuse me. There are ramifications to that, and that become means you become a parent. And we, we with, with become a parent comes great responsibility. And one of the responsibilities is if you have a child who's in need or has special needs, you got to step up, folks. You got to step up. You got to sacrifice. You may sacrifice yourself financially. You may sacrifice time, effort, energy, emotions. But if you don't sacrifice and that kid winds up going in the wrong direction, don't start asking anyone else for any answers except yourself. Little responsibility here. Let's see what happens. What, the, what should happen here is probably the district attorney needs to gather all the evidence from hopefully very uh, senior detectives, and there will be senior detectives on this case, They'll look at all of the, of, of the evidence, all of this guy's past, what the Marine has done, what the witnesses say, the, the number one objective witnesses, like in other words, they're not friends with the potential defendant here, they're not related to him. What do those 911 calls say? And if, if the prosecutor, if Alvin Bragg decides to put this case into the grand jury, he better not overcharge it like he has in the past. He better not give the grand juries, oh, you could charge him with murder too. This is not intentional murder. Oh, you could charge him with man one, manslaughter of first degree, intending to cause serious physical injury who caused death. He wasn't intending to cause serious physical injury. He was intending to stop this guy from causing serious physical injury to someone else. It's a tragedy that Jordan Neely is dead. But this should be a wake-up call to all of us that when you see people in need, you should help them. And if it's your own blood or your own friends and you don't help them, then well, then shame on you. Put yourself in jail and you deal with it. We're going to come back with Ingrid Lewis-Martin and she's going to tell you a little about the city budget and what's going on in the city of New York. Then we'll end the show with Luca and Padre Lou's libation. Don't go away on a Friday night. She This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Just how politically damaging were COVID school closures? Randy Weingarten has spent the last several weeks attempting to rehabilitate herself and the American Federation of Teachers, somehow now as advocates of keeping schools open all along during the pandemic. Weingarten made that argument to Congress last month, to the media, and to anyone who would listen. Lori Lightfoot knows better. The Chicago mayor lost her re-election effort, in part, no doubt, thanks to the failed pandemic response. Lame duck politicians have a tendency for candor. Weingarten's revisionism, along with Anthony Foucher's disclaimer of any responsibility for shutdowns, offers tacit admissions that their panicked COVID policies failed. They know school closures and business shutdowns didn't do anything to mitigate the pandemic and did a lot of damage to children and families. Instead of trying to gaslight America, Weingarten and the shutdown brigade should be offering apologies instead. I'm Ed Morrissey. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. For those considering careers in politics and policy. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. 
not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Welcome to The Good News Is with Ingrid Lewis-Martin, Chief Advisor to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, exclusively on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. That's right. There ain't no stopping us now. And I don't care how many people give me a hard time about how I'm a cheerleader for this administration. I don't care what a guy on Red Beret was all over the radio telling me that all I do is kick kiss the butt of of City Hall and who's in City Hall right now. I am rooting for the pilot and the staff of the plane that I am on, and I'm rooting for them to fly high. And so you have the real information, not that you have to read it in a newspaper or on a blog. You really want to know what's going on in City Hall. We are so lucky here at AM 970, The Answer on the Arthur Idala Power Hour to have the chief advisor, and that's probably an understatement, to the mayor of the city of New York, Ingrid Lewis-Martin. How are you, Ingrid Lewis-Martin? Well, I'm so much better now that I hear your lovely voice, Arthur. How are you? How's your family? How's it I'm good. My family is great. I'm going to be with everybody tonight. My son's actually, my big son's right here in the office with me, so I have a big smile on my face. Um, I want to get right to it, Ingrid, because I know you have a lot going on, and, and you know, you you never rest. I know you long enough to know you, you're always you're always on. Let's talk about the city budget. You know, last week the mayor released his executive budget, um, and it's, you know, it's a big, big documents. Why don't you just for the listeners here on this Friday night, give us some of the highlights and and some of the the positives that New Yorkers can expect from this budget. Well, the budget addressed the needs of the working class people in New York City. He's a working class mayor, and he wanted to ensure that the working class people in our city, the ones who put their needs, you know, to the sidelines to help others are addressed. So, we delivered on child care. We have jobs for young people, more money in schools than ever before, and we're giving money to critical social services. If you want some point specifics, um, I'm happy to do that as well. Go for it. And his strong investment in child care. So nearly 60% of the budget goes to education. 60% of our budget is going to go to education and social services. So every single dollar that um, we have basically in our budget would mean a more efficient government and more money for working families. We're deepening resources for New Yorkers with mental disabilities. We've included $27 million to expand the Be Heard program. Are you familiar with the Be Heard program? I am not. Okay, so the Be Heard program is where mental health professionals will go into the streets and help to bring in the people who are homeless, who have mental disabilities, and will give them the opportunity to go into facilities to get wraparound services. So we will definitely use um, those, that money in a positive way. The Bronx will be the first recipient of the um, 
Be Heard program. So that'll be the first borough to get fully invested with Be Heard. Um, we also and have... And, and Ingrid, let me just interrupt you. It's Be Heard, like, you know, listen to me, B-E... B, the letter B dash H-E-A-R-D. Okay, gotcha. Be Heard. And um, we also have $36 million, um, which we will invest for New Yorkers to combat homeless, home housing discrimination, and to help give broadband access to over 200 NYCHA developments. So we're really trying to put money where it's needed for people in New York City. And our schools will receive a historic boom. So we really feel good about the budget. Okay. And, I mean, obviously you addressed um... – you're addressing children and you're addressing mental illness. How do how does our our law enforcement professionals are they they're in good shape? Yes. Well, we passed the budget. We passed. The, I'm sure you know that um, we did the union. Um, the the um, yes, you gave them a new contract. NYPD, yeah, NYPD has a new contract and it's it's a good one. And I'm working now with all of the other unions. It's, Going to amass to about four billion dollars when we finish doing all of the all of the um, union contracts. Wow! The unions have been um, underserved for so many years. Before we went into office, they were without contracts. So now we're able to work effectively with our partners to address the needs. So you know the NYPD will be in good shape. Also, CUNY students will be in good shape as well. So a lot of CUNY students who are forced to leave school will now have an opportunity to re-enter school because we're going to put money into the system to help them get their education. You realize that you're talking to a CUNY student, the City University of New York School of Law. That's me. And I'm a CUNY graduate, undergrad, John Jay College, just like the mayor. There you go. Now, I know you guys also had to make some tough decisions regarding cuts to city government. Why don't you talk about what cuts you guys had to make? Well, the good news is we didn't make any cuts. We didn't make any cuts. We did not make any cuts. But we were able to balance the budget. So you're wondering how did we do that? We instituted something known as um, a PEG, a performance enhancement gap. What we did was we looked at the different lines that are available in the city, job lines that people did not fill. And we just removed those jobs from the budget. So those jobs will not be filled. They will only be filled if there comes a time when a city agency actually fills all of their vacancies and now they need to add more. We will find a way to bring those people back. So for example, let's say that, um, you work in the mayor's office of operation and you have 20 vacancies. We may have taken 10 of your vacancies, so now you only have 10 left. This helps us to secure employment. We didn't have to do any layoffs, and we're very proud of that. So I'm glad that you asked that question, but at the press note, we did not, did not, did not do any layoffs, nor did we cut the budget. Okay, so now I know there were conversations regarding the budget pertaining to libraries and the libraries in the city of New York. Um, Can you tell our listeners what's going on with the libraries here in the five boroughs? Well, the libraries and our cultural institutions are in good shape. We did not institute pegs in the libraries or the cultural institutions. Um, It was very hard for us, but we really tried to safeguard our cultural institutions. There was a lot of chatter that we, you know, 
disintegrated the library's budget and we took money from the libraries, but that was just business and chatter. We didn't do that. The mayor is very big on library and cultural institutions, and we're trying to safeguard them as best we can. It's difficult because, as you know, and I keep singing it from the rafters about the asylum seekers, we have a $4.2 billion, you know, bill with the asylum seekers, and um, that's another story. Ingrid Lewis Martin, she is literally, she literally sits next to the mayor of the city of New York. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight at 7, it's all about Broadway and that time of year, the Tony Awards and the Drama Desk Awards. Nominations are up and out. Who got nominated for what? We'll talk about it tonight with Christine Nicholas and Kevin McCullough. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. Want more? AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We're always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. 
Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Welcome to The Good News Is with Ingrid Lewis-Martin, Chief Advisor to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, exclusively on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. We're talking to Ingrid Lewis-Martin. We know that the, the, the mayor has been critical of Washington, um, been critical of people in Texas about, you know, basically they're asking New York City to bear the brunt of uh, a lot of these these. These individuals who have come in here and, and seeking asylum, and here they are popping up in New York City, and it's, it's taken a big toll on the finances of our city. So, Ingrid Lewis-Martin, you're the chief advisor to the mayor. What, what say you about the asylum seekers here? Well, you're right. Um, it is taking a major toll on our budget. As I said, $4.2 billion. It's a national crisis that's being dumped on the lap of New York City. Got to give the governor a shout-out. She actually put a billion dollars in the budget to help us address this issue. So that gives us one billion. The $850 million, which Chuck Schumer was able to secure for the crisis, was also a great boost, but not for New York City. New York City will only receive $30.5 million of that money. So we have a total of one billion, $30.5 million. The rest of it, the other, Three point four million that we have to look for will be coming out of um, our budget, so we have to figure that out. And it's not right. We need the federal government to step up and to step up in a major way. I'm seeing it from the rafters. I'm asking all of your listeners to let the federal government know that it has to help New York City. Cannot abandon us. You know we've been good partners. We've been doing our end and then some. We've been carrying the load for the entire nation, and this is not a New York City issue. This is a national crisis, and we need help. We need those asylum seekers to get expedited working papers also so that the governor, who, again, to her credit, is being a good partner, thank you, Governor Hochul, um, can, you know, allow us to get those migrants upstate and working, not just move them upstate, but to get them upstate and working. We have a moral and a legal obligation to help these asylum seekers. But without the support from the federal government, 
we are going to go under. Go under. Well, I I would hope, uh, considering that that you know President Biden is a is a Democrat and he's he's rooting for for you guys, I would hope that somehow you could find a kind ear. And uh, between him, I mean, we do have the majority leader of the Senate in Chuck Schumer. So between the president of the United States and the person who's running the United States Senate, I would hope that uh, Eric Adams can get the relief that the city needs financially in dealing with the asylum seekers. Well, you know, I'm a chaplain. I don't believe in hope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say from your mouth to God's ears, I'm praying on it. I'm praying that our president sees the light and that his colleagues and government on both sides of the aisle can work in partnership to help address this national crisis the right way. So you hope I'm praying. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about one more topic because I know you got to go. It's a Friday evening and your, your, your week is still beginning because I know Ingrid and I'm yes. speaking with all sincerity. You, you don't stop. I see you Saturday. I see you Sunday. I see you early in the morning. I see you late yes. at night. Um, we, I, I, I couldn't let you go. I'd get yelled at by the listeners if I didn't talk to you a little bit about crime and public safety. Um, I know in the governor's budget, you know, she tried to uh, address bail reform the best she could, but I know she didn't get what she wanted. That was one of the reasons, everything she wanted, that was one of the reasons why the the uh, budget was late. Um Ingrid, talk to us about public safety in the city of New York. Right now, obviously, the cover of all the newspapers has this case of uh, the person on the train being being strangled by uh, the the United States Marine, um, who I believe was named today. Um, you know, Ingrid, you're in City Hall. Your husband and, and, and the, the, the uh, mayor were police officers together. Tell us about the state of affairs of crime in the city of New York. Okay, so let's talk about the budget. And um, we did get some wins with the budget in Albany, which we give the um, governor full credit for. This administration believes that we need to address criminal justice as a whole to truly keep New York safe. And the budget pretty much addressed that. Um, The mayor has for a long time called for the judges to be empowered by having the ability to hold repeat offenders and to deliver and ask the governor to also and her colleagues to deliver on funding for both district attorneys and public defenders so they could properly do their job. And this budget does that. So this is the moment we're celebrating. You know, um, judges will now be able to use their um, judgment to... Um, Right. Well, they changed. They changed it from they. They were supposed to use in the past the least restrictive means to keep someone in, and now they're allowed to not impose the least restrictive means. They're allowed to use their judgment in determining uh, yes. what bail is. But I know the governor and I know the the mayor was disappointed with the legislature because they wanted more. I know the, the I, I know for a fact the mayor wanted to give the the, the judges more discretion, and the legislature. Um, didn't do it. And what people have to realize is there's only so much power that the mayor of the city of New York has in instituting uh, the laws for the entire state. Yes, but we made some gains and we're really happy with the successes that we've had. And um, we believe that with these gains, it will make a distinct and clear difference. And there's always next year. We can keep finding to do more. So we feel that this budget will help to take dangerous criminals off the streets while ensuring that people do not languish behind bars or waiting for their fair trial. So it accomplishes those two things. There's always more to be done. 
So we have all right. So we're talking. We're talking to the chief. We're going to let her go. Ingrid Lewis Martin. She's she's sits Thank right you, next awesome. to Love sits you. right. And wait, I want to ask you one more thing. Give me a, a, a prediction for the summer. Give me some. It's the good news is with Ingrid Lewis Martin. I want. Uh, give me some good news. Give me something to look forward to here in New York City for June, July, and August. Crime will continue to go down. Our police commissioner and her team at NYPD are doing a, step, a great job. Drop, crimes dropping in the major categories, and we believe to see that multiple. We also believe that our trains will become even safer, so we're putting that out there. All right, and can we, uh, can we all go to the beaches, and can we go have some parties in Central Park and Prospect Park and Van Cortland Park? Yes, yes, and we're going to try to work in partnership with some of our um corporate sponsors to do some concert series as well for New Yorkers. So I'll be allowed, I will announce that at another time. All right. If you yeah, need me to sing, if, if you need me to sing, you know, I'm ready to go. You know, I can do some Italian songs, some American songs. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I need you to sing. don't worry. Ingrid, I'm, I'm only, I'm only joking. Um, I, you got to keep coming on because everybody wants to hear the good news. You know, the newspapers only want to print the bad news. But here on AM nine seven, the answer it uh, every night at six o'clock, we're going to be focusing on the good news of the city of New York. And every once in a while, we get to hear it straight from City Hall, straight from the chief advisor to she's the strategist, she's the confidant, she's chief of everything to the mayor of the city of New York, Ingrid Lewis-Martin. Ingrid, thank you for finding the time, and have a great, great weekend. Thanks, Arthur. We'll talk to you really soon. That's okay. I know why you're horse. You're working your tail off. I get it. Yeah, I had a late night last night. I actually did, and it was work-related. Blessings. And I actually went to the funeral for that officer, you know, the officer who was sure. um, hospitalized for like yep. 33 years, the major portion of his life. And um, it was really sad. But, you know, the boys and the men and women in blue, they stood with him all 33 years. And it's a testament to our great city. Yes, so, I saw I saw the coverage awesome. of that. I saw the coverage of that and I thought it was it was absolutely beautiful. So and I'm so thank you yeah. for representing the city of New York because that was um that was very touching and it's glad that you know we always say about 9/11 never forget what happened to this police officer happened before the 9/11 and we still never forgot. So that's that's no. the strength and the beauty and of the what? city of New York. I don't want to um, overextend, but you know what's so good about it is that the mayor and um, some of his colleagues from Wander Black and law enforcement were also in attendance. As you know, the mayor would be there. But for years, that organization would always hold a vigil out of respect for Officer Troy. So it was just touching to be there and to be with the family and to know that New Yorkers actually cared as well. So, you know, I salute him. And I'm sure it gave the family a tremendous amount of comfort having you there and the mayor there. So thank you on behalf of all New Yorkers. All right, Ingrid, I got you go. Go run the city. I'll talk talk to you over the weekend. Have a great one. All right, folks, that was Ingrid Lewis-Martin. She is literally, she literally sits next to the mayor of the city of New York. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Are you planning an event or celebration? While there are many options for catering, there's no one else that does it like DR Catering. With your dream in their hands, DR Catering can provide event decorations, entertainment options, and equipment rentals. From your menu to your decor, DR Catering takes your concept and makes it a reality, ensuring your guests leave feeling happy and satisfied. Led by a master chef from the prestigious Culinary Institute of America, it's a no-brainer people trust DR with their special events. From weddings, birthdays, and anniversaries to corporate events, holiday parties, and graduations, and everything you can imagine in between. So call 201-673-7380 to inquire or email drizzo at drcatering.com. Again, that's 201-673-7380 or email drizzo at drcatering.com. DR Catering, more than just caterers. 201 201- 1-673-7380. Perillo Tours is starting their 78th year in business with vacations to Italy and now Hawaii, Spain, and Greece too. I want you to join Joe Piscopo, our very own Joe, on a special Perillo tour to Italy. Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sites, and a private, fun-filled dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Next, you fly to Sicily for three nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca, Forza de Argo, for sites of actual filming events from the iconic movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. Hello. It's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to Happy birthday, Adele. 35 years old today. She's um she's she's great. Uh she's a very, very talented woman. Um what is this from? Let's see. The Rolling Stones told Donald Trump to stop playing their songs during his presidential campaign. The band issued a statement saying that the U.S. presidential candidate did not have permission to use the band's music. Their 1969 hit, You Can't Always Get What You Want, had been a particular favorite during his campaign. I love that song. (laughs) I love You Can't Always Get What You Want. Oh, this was on this day in 2016. The Stones told Trump, you can't play, you can't always get what you want. I don't know... That would not be my uh, campaign tune. I mean, no way. I mean, maybe start me up our tune, but not not you can't always get what you want. But if you try some time, you just might find you get what you need. I don't know. Um, I have Luca Joseph Idala here. Luca, how are you, my man? I'm doing good. Yeah, you're doing really good. I I got a little message yesterday, and... um, it said, Dad, I got my report card. So, you know, why don't you show off a little bit? And um, why don't we, uh, I'll call out the category of the subject and you give me the number, all right? Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Luca Joseph Idala, 11th grade, quarter three, American history. 93. Luca Joseph Idala, 
American History Through Film. 93. Luca Joseph Idala, Child Development Class. 97. Luca Joseph Idala, Computer Applications. 94. Luca Joseph Idala, English 11. 98. Luca Joseph Idala, Geometry. 98. Wow. Luca Joseph Idala, Marine Biology. 96. Luca Joseph Idala, Physical Education. 99. Woo! Do you ever do that one? Can I? Can I? I mean, here's the deal. I, Did you ever do that one? No, I didn't. <laughs> Luca got more A's in this report card than I got in my whole life. I'm sure. Right? No, no, that's this the truth. This kid is super smart. That, that, that's the God's honest truth. And he's on a college tour now to find out where he wants to go. And Luca, why don't you, uh, Joni, tell everyone what we're doing tonight? <gasps> you ready? Yes. So we are going, where are we going, Luca? Wh what place are we going to? The Italian Consulate. Yep, and it is the Association of Italian American Educators. It is an award ceremony, and the first award is going to go to whom? My dad. Yeah, and it is the AIAE Christopher Columbus Leadership Award from Mr. Arthur Idella. I can't wait to go. I like, I like anything named Christopher Columbus. I know you do. And what's the second uh, award we're going to see tonight? My cousin, Nick. Nicholas Bambina from Iona University. He happens to know my niece's boyfriend at Iona. Governor Mario Cuomo Memorial Scholarship. Wow. So I'm getting Columbus and Nick is getting uh, Mario Cuomo. Isn't Very this nice. amazing? But you know what? I, I'm Luca, and I'm saying this not because it's on the radio talking to millions of people, but... It's because it's the truth. Yes, it's great that Dad's getting this award, and it's great that your cousin Nicholas is getting this award. But Luca, are you kidding me? Geometry. He deserves an award. Ninety-eight, English ninety-eight. You know your father. They, I, I don't. I mean, I probably got a C minus in geometry, and I remember I had to go to extra help to get geom to get extra help. I never took marine biology. You got a ninety-six. I mean, and here's what some of your comments are. Highly motivated. Highly motivated. Demonstrates effort. Um, demonstrates effort and works diligently. I mean, highly motivated, works diligently. I mean, come on, Luca. you got to be kidding me with these grades. Yeah, um, they're great grades. How do you feel about it? You, yeah, I feel pretty happy that but I But you, you like you stress out a little bit when you have to take these tests? Not as much anymore. You used to though, right? Yeah. Remember, I walked in your room the other, I, like last year. I, was it? You were taking another math class in like algebra, right? No, it was the it was the first half of geometry. And you were like bugging out, right? Yes. What were you doing, like? I don't remember exactly, but it was like hard. You were stressing. Yes. Tell everyone who's listening, what do you got to do on June first? Um, the American History Regions. Well, according to this, you got whatever ninety six in American History. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you real quick. What um, um, what movie did you watch in school? Rocky Four. And how was it? It was great. Yeah. Did you think Rocky was going to win? At first, I didn't. Why not? Because the other guy was like so strong because he was on steroids. Drago, I'm Drago. If he dies, he dies. Um, you saw now you've seen all you've seen four of the Rocky movies, right? Yes. And have you seen any of the Creed movies? I've seen the first two. All right, so we got to watch Creed three, correct? 
Yes. All right, we'll get that under our belt. Um, Joni, I got to do a p- quick Padre Lou libation on a you Friday night. Do it. Do it. Where it's Cinco de Mayo, so you and can coronation tomorrow and Kentucky, and Kentucky Derby. Derby, yeah. So what we weekend. Padre did not go with the mint julep. Uh, he went with the Cinco de Mayo. It's it's appropriate. Today is the fifth, and and it is Cinco de Mayo. Um, so now it's still a little chilly out. At least it's been this week. Now it's supposedly it's going to warm up, but um, here's what ready for this because it's a little complicated now. Padre wants you to take a big hunk of fresh ginger that, God willing, you have in the house for cooking and bring two cups of water to a boil and slice the ginger and a cinnamon stick and put it into the water. Now, and if you don't have the cinnamon stick, you can just put some ground cinnamon in there. Reduce the boil to a simmer for about 10 or 15 minutes and strain the mixture into either a heat-proof glass or a copper mug if you have one. The copper mug is usually what you do the mule drinks in. So now you just have the cinnamon stick and the cooked ginger, and you're going to take the three ounces of tequila. Johnny Beach uses the Patron Silver, but you could use the a, a uh, tequila of your choice. Um, you could use the cinnamon stick as a little, little something to turn it with, um, and you could... Um, take a nice orange rind, two or three cloves in the rind of the rind, and deposit into the drink. Two or three, and stick two to three cloves into the rind. Into the rind. Okay. Um, what kind of cloves? Oh, regular cloves, like clove. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah, this is like almost like a little bit of a cool drink. I like a cool weather drink. So it's tequila, orange rind, ginger. It's complicated. Tequila, orange rind, cinnamon stick, ginger, cloves. It's going to be some crazy drink. And um, this is what called Padre Lou's Mexican Warmth Libation. Padre Lou's Mexican Warmth, warmth Libation. So boil down the ginger, throw some, throw some cinnamon there, take all of that, mix it up with some tequila, big hunk of tequila, throw in some orange rind and some cloves, mix it up, have a drink, sit back, watch the Kentucky Derby or the Coronation or the Yankees or the Knicks. Um, Luca and I have to go get this award with Nicholas at the um, Italian consulate. Joni's tagging along. Um, I hope you guys had a great week. I'm sorry if I was a little hot at the beginning of the show, but, you know, don't don't tell me as a parent, like, oh, you know, now I want help when you probably haven't helped your kid much at all. Um, I love this city, in case anyone um, didn't notice what, Joan? Oh, I want to thank Ingrid for being on today. And um, all of our guests all week long, especially our live remote from um, Grand Central. We're going to have Fred Cerullo back on next week. Tom will be on from Times Square. The Hempleaf guys will be on. Sabalina will be back. Joni will be here. She'll have all the chromosomes with her. And we're going to have a really good time. So enjoy the weekend, everyone. We'll be back on Monday. See you later. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.